From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So, kind of an oddball episode of the car debate today. You remember when we were growing up, Paul, there were always, I know this is, this is random, but it, but it relates. When we were growing up, there were always those terrible TV shows that were mostly comedies. And every now and then they would go, tonight, on a very special episode. And they would have some personal ridiculous story. Maybe I'm the only one who remembers that. Kind of. So, so sappy and I mean, stupid. I didn't so anyway, grow up watching TV. So, I, my mom well, really didn't yeah. allow me to do that, so... Was, okay. Well, we'll, well, we won't talk about your Cosby Show and Muppets. It was what it was. <laughs> well, they probably they did a few very special episodes of, of Cosby Show. But anyway, but uh, we won't talk about your little house in the prairie upbringing anymore. But we will transition <laughs> into tonight's very special episode of the Car Debate because it's kind of personal. Just so you guys know, we are doing we are going to be doing some long term uh, ownership updates on some cars we own. We're going to be doing. My wife's 2010 Porsche Cayenne. Yeah. But yeah. both Paul and I are shopping for new fun cars. Now, we have real budgets from real jobs. These are not, uh, hey, let's fill a crazy garage. They have to do a lot of things for us. Paul's mentioned he has a Jeep Grand Cherokee that you apparently really like, which is good. Yep. But it's fun car time. And as everybody knows, if you've listened for more than five minutes, Paul likes Porsches and sold his beloved Cayman S. To look for something else. I'm also looking for something else. I will not be buying a Porsche, but uh, I'm looking for something. <laughs> Paul's looking for something. But we kind of wanted to throw Paul's dilemma at tonight's car debate. And I'm going to kind of treat it like he's written in a little bit. We're going to have some fun with this. Well, you know me and you know my taste. And I think a lot of people yes. listening know my taste too. And I'm I'm uh, sort of listening in trepidation because I can just see dollars <laughs> flying out the window right now. And well, yeah. I, I want something, but I'm just, you know, do I go too far and start to dip into the 401k or do I keep it, you know, my, you're, you're my a, desires you're a car far you're away? You're a car it's, guy. Yeah, it's a disease. I'm just, I'm going, I want something awesome and fun, but will I not be happy unless I go crazy or will I just be, well, coming, can we land on I, something that's reasonable? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I, I hope I hope you guys listening will write in with some thoughts after you hear us go through this. But, I mean, obviously the high points are, of course, Paul's coming out of his Cayman, so he's going to want rear-wheel drive. He's going to want uh, stick shift. Those are those are assumptions. And then, of course, coming out of a, what was it, an 07 Cayman S? Yeah. You've got a lot to live up to there as well. So, yeah. so I, But I've got some ideas. But tell the good people, <clears throat> before we start, tell the good people what you really <laughs> want and have actually thought about selling things to get, because I think that's an interesting starting point. Well, uh, the thing I really <laughs> want is the brand new Porsche Cayman GT4. I am pretty uh, much of course you do. Uh, floored by this car. I, I want we all this are. car. I want this car to the point of need. I, I don't just want it. I <laughs> need this car in my life. And I you understand. know what? I understand. I'm a member of the Porsche Club of America still. My membership has not run out yet even though I sold my car. And yeah. I got yeah, the yeah. email that came through. And guess what oh, the spring no. raffle car is? Just guess. Well, well, you're, yeah, I don't yeah. need to guess. It's the GT4, and you're going to buy as many tickets. You may buy enough <laughs> tickets to have bought a car. But here's the thing. I know you, and I'm not going to get pop. into too many. Oh, wow. Man. I know you. I'm not going to get too far into your details, but I know you enough to know that that, that, that GT4 is just outside of what you should be spending. 
Yeah. And so yeah, you, you're starting to have scary conversations about ways you could stretch and get it. That's what all, all of us car guys do. I mean, that's I, I'm in the same dilemma because I really want a Lotus Elise, and it's just outside of what I can actually afford. The ones that I want are just outside. Yeah. So that's an incredibly frustrating place to be. But that's where you are. So I'm going to pull it back from the uh, quick six-figure car you're debating yeah. about doing and selling 401ks. And I'm going to, I'm going to put you in the fifty dollars to $70,000 range, which I think still might be high for you I based on our conversations. So. Yeah, I mean, but, yes, yes, maybe. It's, it just depends on the right car, I guess. Yeah, I understand. I understand. So what I did, what I did, kind of like we do for everybody that writes in. So you guys are kind of getting behind the scenes in that regard as well. I went searching. Between fifty and seventy thousand dollars, and rear wheel drive, and stick shift, which starts paring down the search features fast. By the way, you want to t- pare down sure. search features on Auto sure. Trader or Car Gurus or Cars dot com or anywhere. The minute you hit manual, a lot of the choices went away. But anyway, so I went looking and I found really fascinating stuff between fifty and seventy. And I just want to throw some at you. Really, and I think. I think I have a sniper shot. I think in doing this search, I went, there's the car. I really, really? think so. I'm very curious. Yikes. But I also want to hear the from the audience here. on this. I know you. I also <laughs> want to hear from the audience on this. But Jeez. first and foremost, here's something I found. Two things that I found. Same car. I don't think either of these are right, but I think they're a funny place to start. Okay. A guy is selling his 2013 completely tuned riding on like 22s or 23s Nissan 370Z with 630 horsepower oh. for $55,000 on 22s no thank you no thank you yeah no 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 negatory no, no, no. negative ghost rider on that one but here's what but here's what's funny about that as a starting place because also in the same list comes a brand new Nismo for 51 that just highlights the problem you and i've talked about about that car because we drove it at that last that track day episode yeah. we drove it and we were so impressed with that car but the problem with that car is 50 grand for that car 50 grand i liked that car but i don't know if i like yeah. 50 grand of likes for that no car. that that's that's the problem you know th- and this struck me the, the nismo 370z at 50 grand is just as insane as an FRS BRZ at 35. Yeah, it's the same kind yeah. of problem. It's a car that's really great, and then you can see that price point, and you go, you know, no. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, no, I just, what? I, no. I, I just thought I'd throw that out at you. And that's then, interesting. Um, that's a good starting place, mm-hmm. I think. I, I like this. Keep going. This is good. And then uh, <clears throat> what about a 2010 Dodge Viper for 68? Holy crap. A Viper? 3,000 miles. 3,000 miles on a red 2010 Dodge Viper Coupe. Holy cow, I never even thought of that. No kidding. No kidding, right? That's an engine wearing a car. It, oh, you, of course it is. It's essentially an engine with seats and a stick shift. You're absolutely right. Oh, my You're God. Right. For 68 how, grand. How much of a shift from the Cayman is that, my friend? I, <laughs> I need a budget for rear tires because <laughs> You'll dip into the 401k just for rear tires. I agree with that. Oh, my gosh. I'd, like, repave the neighborhood with asphalt, just rubber (laughs) over the asphalt just from the tires. Exactly. And then because I I don't think you'd you'd get this car, but it is interesting because it's a unicorn. And here it was for 57k. What about a 2013 Audi TTRS? 
Ooh. 57k for that car. Really? For, mm-hmm. That still mm-hmm. feels high. But then again, that is a pretty yeah. hot RS, and I do I, like I, Audis. I agree. It's it's a little high. I, I I feels high. But here's the thing I also thought about. Believe it or not, in Park City, I've seen two, which astounds me. As You're rare as that me. car is. I guess it's just because it's all-wheel drive and performance. But, yeah, as rare as that car is, I never see them in L.A. And in Park City, I've seen two, which is crazy. Weird. So, so you, could be num- you could be number three. There's a TTRS for fifty seven grand out there, so that's interesting. Wow. Uh, be- because I know we're coming out of Caymans, I have to mention the following. A 2012 Cayman R for seventy grand. I liked those Cayman Rs. Honestly, as mm-hmm. soon as I – I had just – I think I had just owned – I just bought the 07 when you and I went to Tulsa, picked the yeah. car up. That's where I yeah, bought it. Yeah, yeah. Todd and I flew mm-hmm. out and road tripped it back to L.A., and that was a blast. And I had had it for a few months, and then the R came out. Mm-hmm. It dropped. Yeah, I think it was around that time. And that's when they started making it with the PDK or the stick shift. And I thought, oh, man, just get – you know, obviously, I'd want the stick shift – and uh, looking at that thing, and I loved it. And they had sorted it; it was lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, they're still the, 70? The prop- Yeah, that's see. There you go. That's the problem because uh. I think at seventy, it's too much. And I say that because the other one I found was twenty fourteen Cayman S for sixty six. Hmm. See, I'd so almost rather do your- that a newer car. With- yeah. More amenities I, I for agree less, with you. you I know? agree with you. Yeah, and and yeah, and that new chassis. You know, watch our mid engines and mountains movie. That we are a very big fan of that chassis. We just wanted more power, so you could get a new one. This one's got fifteen thousand miles. One owner. It's uh, sixty six grand, which is pretty great for that car. And stick shift, you said. Still oh yeah, I, I only I only searched manuals. I didn't okay. I didn't even create okay. any options for anything other than a manual. So and because because that puts us close to this world, I don't think you're gonna like it, but I gotta throw it out there. Okay. Evoras, you could do an Evora. There's one here for a 2014 brand new one for 60, and a uh, 11,000 mile 2010 for 51. Uh, is that an Evora S? Or just uh, the twenty, the twenty ten. N- neither of them are. Both of them are the base. So we're talking okay. two hundred and eighty horsepower, the non supercharged. Which I will acknowledge, driving that car. I know I keep coming back to this, but it's such an easy reference that most of you as listeners are, will get a frame of reference or for that Evora is like a the the power sensation is like an FRS where the minute you put your foot in it you go this can take 100 more horsepower hmm, it's yeah. great to drive but you know the chassis can take more but yeah 2010 Evora of course you know I'm a, a Lotus freak but 2010 Evora for 50 and a brand new one for 60 which is astounding to me brand wait brand new oh that's Evora not Evora S okay right right no right, 20 right. 2014 Evora 60 grand right. which is interesting Huh. Now I'm going to go. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not huh. your thing, but I thought that's interesting. You're throwing interesting. some good now, choices. You are very creative I, today. I like this. I'm, I'm trying. Now, now, wait, wait, wait. We're starting to get good now because now we're getting to things <laughs> okay. I think you actually might consider. Okay. Yikes. Okay. I'm just, try, I'm just trying to blow your mind. Okay. Now, things I think you might consider two variations of the Camaro. Both, well, they're both 2015s. Okay. The ZL1, so the, the supercharged one that we drove on the track and really liked. We did for like 60, that. For 60 brand new. 
Hmm. Or a 2,000-mile, one-owner Z28 for 67 Holy cow. Yep. We could take that to the track and just grind on it. We could take it to the track and never leave. My wife would be calling going, where are you? Because, <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. Wow. I didn't 67 realize these were that uh, had come down because the one we drove, the owner had bought that for what, like 90 grand or something? Uh, he bought it for about 78 right when they came out, which was too much. So, yeah, this one's got tw- – I've got a couple Z28s. This one's got 2,300 miles for 67, but I also found a new one for 70. Wow. Not even driven off the lot yet. Seventy grand. So you know, wow. that, but look, we acknowledge already that is a lot for this car, but it is also a lot of car if you're going to use it as intended. True, it's not that nice inside, so it's pretty focused. Oh, it's pretty... you can't even say it's not that nice inside. It isn't nice inside, yeah. but it is amazing to drive. There's no question. There's no question. Wow, wow, you are so, you are bringing the hotness here. I, uh, I'm. I hadn't considered yeah. the Camaro, honestly, and we've liked driving both the the uh, ZL1 and, and if, the and the if Z20. we're gonna go Camaro, I have to. I know I'm everywhere, but I'm just I, I'm just stirring the pot, man. Is what I'm really doing, and yeah. I'm excited for the people to chime in. If we're gonna do Camaro, we got to do this though. C7 Corvette, my friend. Six. If you have True. fifty to seventy grand, C7 Corvettes all day long, and that's you can new or that. used. I mean, slightly I, used. Here's, here's a money. here's a twenty. I've got a guy with a twenty fourteen. With the Z fifty one package, which you know you'd want, fourteen hundred miles, sixty eight grand. Woof, not bad. Yeah, I agree. Woof is right, my friend. Woof is right. So I have been all over. Now I'm going to focus the thought a little bit based okay. on a couple things you've said to me. One is you've said to me if you were to buy a new car right now, and these are new, used, all kinds of stuff. But if you went out and bought one, inspect it yourself, you would look very closely at it. I don't think I'm wrong here. Tell me if I'm wrong. The 228i Beamer, because we were so impressed. Yeah. No, so you're not wrong. I like that I car got a lot. I got on the configurator, and I built one, and trying to get inside your head, built one, trying to think of all the options you would want, and I came out to forty-seven grand, built out like crazy, which feels high to me for that car, but I loaded this thing up. Hmm. And we're and we're and, and considering I was just doing the, my search for fifty to seventy, now we're at least below that. So we're racking everyday driver numbers now. But anyway, hmm. so two twenty-eight I at forty-seven, brand new, which got me thinking about another car you love in that lineup, okay. and that is the E ninety series M three. Oh yeah, I love the M three. I know you do. You could oh. do that for. I've got one here with fourteen thousand miles for fifty two. I've got another one here with 16,000 miles, a 2013 for 60. So those are viable. Uh, both of them are four doors. Actually, are they? No, one of, no, sorry. The cheap one's a four door, and the, and the expensive one is uh, the, the one around 50 is a four door. But forget it. Stop the presses. I'm those two realities, okay. all right. the 228i and the M3, gave me the sniper shot. Okay. <laughs> you ready? No. <laughs> I think I think your next car, my friend, is a 1M. Really? It's everything you like about that E90 series BMW shoved in a smaller package. We laughed like children driving that car. We did. We wished we could drive it more. It's better than the 228i. It's got, you know, it's got that great engine in it. It's the, hello 
I've got two here. One is 16,000 miles for 54. One is 3,000 miles for 65. Holy and cow. That's just that's just two examples. That's just I... two examples. At, at your price point, you could own a 1M. And I know, side note, one of the things that made you really consider stretching for a GT4 was those are going to be so limited edition the depreciation would be lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think with I think the 1Ms on this list are the only exception to that rule other than everything else. Everything else is going to keep plummeting. That 1M is going to still drop, but it's not going to drop as fast. That would be an insane little monster. Those cars are crazy. You know you'd love it. We had so much fun in that car. Everyone that drove that car loved it. You could have a 1M for your budget. Whoa. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, forget 228i, personally, forget 228i at that point and get yourself the 1M and sell it in a couple of years, and I bet you it hasn't dropped that much. It wouldn't drop like anything else you'd buy. It certainly wouldn't drop as much as that 228 buying it new. Wow. Great Sniper shot, buddy. Work. Great Sniper work. shot, buddy. 1M. And huh. I, look, I will acknowledge. I will acknowledge right now, as I've talked straight for fifteen minutes. I will acknowledge right now that I am fully aware of the fact that I will get to drive whatever it is you buy. So I, <laughs> I am excited about that reality too. <laughs> but 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 truthfully, truthfully, Shoot. when I started realizing you like the two twenty eight, you love that E ninety series M three, you put them in a blender. What do you have? You kind of have the one M. You kind of do. That's interesting. That's crazy. So there you are. There you are. I'm just. I'm just here to stir the pot and spend your money. I mean, really, that's that's really the reason that we're here. So anyway, we well, should so, move on to other people's so debates. Should everybody at some point. else. Well, I, I yeah, thank well. you for these great choices. These are awesome, and I will put it out to everybody listening. I, I write in with your choices too, because now listening to Todd, you've heard, you know, his uh, his sensibilities about what he knows mm-hmm. that I like, and so. Bring it. I am curious to hear what the world has to say here. Not to be, you know, narcissistic or anything, but I'm just, I'm curious. I really am. Well, this I'm, is crazy. I'm excited for you to drive something. I, I want you to drive something that is crazy fun, even if it's for a year or two, that mm-hmm. isn't a Porsche, you know, because the Cayman was awesome. And I'd hate for you to get right into another Cayman. And whatever you get, we're going to do long-term ownership of, which is also a thing sure. about the 1M that I go, sure. what's the long-term of that? Is that a disaster? And I don't say that because I wish a disaster on you or me. But I just wonder, is that thing so high-strung that it's like owning an Evo where it's fantastic but so high-strung it's like, oh, look, it's Tuesday. Must go back in the shop. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> right, is it one of those things? Or not is it, what I or can does do. It just, Exactly, or does it just run and and be a riot fest? I I don't know. And of course, it's not going to be your primary car. You've got the the Grand yeah, Cherokee for yeah. all the normal stuff. This will be your fun car. So I say go nuts. I I don't know. That's my opinion. Amazing! Wow, I'm impressed. Great work. Excellent work. I like this. I'm excited to hear what other people think too. I really am. Yeah, we've me got too. speaking of other people, we've got two very bizarre. I kind of think they're like the the modern project car uh, car debates tonight. These are both, I put them together. One of them is an older one that we got. One of them we got just this past week, but they went together so well because they are both incredibly oddball. And they both touch, they <laughs> both touch on, they both touch on, hey, I have a car sitting in the garage or sitting on the driveway that's been there forever. What do you think? Kind of stories, too. So we have, uh, we have JJ in Buffalo, New York. We have Steve in Sacramento. And uh, these are wild. These are wild. All right, everybody, you've got to hear the story about JJ in Buffalo. This is, I'm almost more uh, amazed by this story than <laughs> I am coming away with choices because this is crazy. 
So JG's mm-hmm. been following us for a few months, and he has got this car predicament that his whole family is having regarding his father-in-law. <laughs> and it has to do with lack of a functioning car. It doesn't have to do with lack of cars. It has to do with lack of a functioning car. Yes, so, exactly, exactly. <laughs> which is, yeah, this is informing my, my thoughts. His, All right. his father-in-law has owned some great cars we're talking, oh you know, mid '60s MGB Triumph Spitfires. He's had, you know, crazy stuff. He had a Corvair, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, there is stuff all over the map here. But what I find amazing is he has had three. Count them, everyone. Three Pontiac Fieros on purpose. Yes. Yes. Well, and and the, and the latest one <laughs> he has is his most recently running car, and it died about two years ago. So he has this car that he loves. But he's been borrowing his wife's car, which I'm sure goes over really well. He's been buying, buy, borrowing her escape to drive to work, which doesn't take that long. So now the whole family's kind of going, must get him a car. And this is Listen where we this are. List. He's got boxes of parts of a Formula Ford. Uh, he had a Fiat 124, MGB, Triumph Spitfire, the Corvette, the Fieros. And the latest Fiero, the clutch went out. And so he started driving his wife's car. Which is a toaster. It's a toilet. It's an appliance. It's just, yeah. what is this car that she's driving? It's a Ford Escape. It's, there it is. It's an Escape, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with the Escape, it's but it's fine. just, it's, it's, perfectly it's fine. the other it's... end of the spectrum from everything he's got sitting in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so JJ wrote in and he said that he and his wife were going to sell him the 2000 Miata that had, what, 75,000 miles on it. It was yeah. well-maintained but kind of beat down because they live in Buffalo, New York. But yeah. they took it out of storage and then thought, this is a great car we've got on our hands. So it looks like, based on his email here, they're not going to sell it to him. It looks like yeah. they're now they want to They want to keep it. it. They fell back in love with their Miata, which I love that <laughs> side note of this story. You've got this funny. family with all these cars they love. And the son-in-law goes, I'm going to solve this. And he pulls the Miata out of storage and goes, no, 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 I'm going to keep this. I love this car. That That's is the awesome. through line love for these twist. debates oh, right there. That's the through it. line. It's fantastic. Okay, fantastic. so, oh, man, now, his father-in-law now, is all over. All over. <laughs> now, father, now father-in-law is shopping. He's looking at used C6 Corvettes. He's looking at used 370Zs. He clearly is talking about a sports car. He's even brought up the BMW. Uh, Z3, and so his son-in-law, JJ, is reaching out to us and going, okay, guys, please, dear God, help. So (laughs) I don't know that we can, but I've got a couple ideas here because clearly, clearly, your father-in-law, JJ, has a penchant for old GM cars. I mean, come on, the Fiero, the Corvair, that's amazing. But he also has liked, as you've said, he likes random European stuff. I have two that I think are genuine considerations. I mean, yes, you could go 370, it's going to run. You could go C6 Corvette. Either of those are solid choices. We don't have any idea what the budget here is. I I don't know about the BMW Z3. Maybe, maybe. I actually say if you're going to go Z3, go clown shoe. Go the early one with the clown shoe look. Just because we're talking about Mm. cars. Your father-in-law likes cars that are oddball. Go clown shoe. Those things Mm. with the good engine were fun cars. They were weird looking, but they were fun. They handled well. So if you go original, like old Z3 with that, that could be cool. But I have two others. But where are you, my friend? Uh, where I am is uh, I poured myself a glass of whiskey and sat down because I needed to relax after reading JJ's emails. So I'm sitting here having a, a nice glass of Texas whiskey to just calm myself down because this is a this is crazy. It is. It's nuts. Uh, JJ, here's what I think. 
<laughs> Here's what I think. <laughs> you mentioned that he's considering a 4x4 truck for his business. And he's got all these I love that he's driven parts. you to drink. I love that. <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> he, apparently, he's got all these car, part cars and parts and all this stuff. And it sounds like because the clutch went out, he took the easy way out. He didn't get it fixed. He just started driving what was available. So that tells me sure. I think yeah. he's interested in really just an appliance. He's interested in, in just an appliance to have for the little short commute and something that just runs. around town. And then have the project cars. So here's my big idea. It actually has less to do with cars, but it's sell all the crap in your garage. Get rid of all these project cars. <laughs> sell it all. Fire sale. And put all that money fire, into... Fire sale. <laughs> seriously. Put all that money into getting one project car, whether that's an old Spitfire or a Z3 or something that he likes to tinker with. And then yeah. get a 4 by 4 truck. Just lease it or just something slightly used as a parts get truck. Get a beat-down one. Get a beat-down one. He's going to go to auto parts pickup. stores and drive around town and all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. He just yeah, needs yeah. that to be reliable. And the the engine starts every time mm-hmm. when he turns mm-hmm. the key. So Yeah, get a focused, get a focused project car. Focus yes. the project car to one, one make and model. Correct. And, one and make and model. And get an old beat-down uh, hauling parts for my <laughs> yes. I see where you've gone. I see just that. Just focus you're all trying, energy here. The, the, the problem here is you're trying to bring sanity, Paul. And I don't know that that's – I mean, come I on. This is, a, this is car obsession. And we speak to car obsession. There's nothing wrong with car obsession. But I don't know that we're going <laughs> to wrench out of that reality here. But it's interesting. Check back in next week when I finish the bottle of whiskey and I might have a few more suggestions. But well, I thought you? of two. <laughs> I thought of two. And I agree with you. I think focusing the project car sensibility here is helpful. But clearly father-in-law is a tinkerer. And uh, mm-hmm. so I actually thought of – two interesting ones that you're not going to see constantly and they may take some work but they're interesting one of them is the porsche 944 and i hate to bring up the porsche 944 again but he Mm. likes european stuff but it's not it's you know it's in that i feel like it's a blending of the older european stuff he's liked and something like the 370Z and the Z3. I feel like it touches a bit of both camps, which is why I like it. It is a car that's going to require some tinkering, but it's rear-wheel drive. It'll be fun. It's smaller. I mean, the problem is you get into uh, C6 Corvettes and 370Zs. These are significantly larger cars in feel than the TR6s and the Fieros and the Spitfires. Those are tiny cars. So that I feel like that 944 is like a bridge car. It bridges the gap between those two worlds. And that's why I bring you know, it up. And it's still a car that you can play with. Plastic Fieros aside, every car that has been mentioned has been a front engine, rear wheel drive, long hood, just classic sports car shape. And that's and something where small. I think he, and something small too. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. I think the secret is for, for your father-in-law, JJ. And I like the 944 suggestion because that will, that will run. It will mostly run. It might it'll be, be problematic, with, but it's something that can be tinkered with and then run. But it'll you can be, find it'll parts be good. and yeah, it'll be fun. I agree. You know, that's a great suggestion. Then, I like that. And then the other one that I actually thought of because of the Fiero. I know that sounds weird. Pontiac Solstice Coupe. Ooh, again, you, you keeping don't, with that recipe. You know that? You don't see them. You don't see them. But they're, it's a modern car. If you can find one, you just you won't see very many of them. But it will run. They're unique looking. They're they're like they, they are. Let's. I hate to say it. It's twenty years later. It's the Fiero story all over again. 
They create a chassis. They create a chassis that was good, that could have been better, that needed another couple of generations to become great, and then for forces outside of its control, it gets killed. That's the Pontiac Solstice Coupe as much as it's a Pontiac Fiero. That's why I think Solstice Coupe should be in here. I mean, convertible is okay, uh, but the Coupe... That's the one that's actually much more interesting. And if you could find one with the, uh, what was it, the GXP with the turbo in it, it's got like 260 horsepower and the same torque. Uh, right. Could be a, a quirky right. engine, but you're going to find parts for it. I like that one a lot for this scenario. You've done a masterful job here because you've even kept it with Pontiac because he likes the Pontiac exactly. thing. You've kept it it's GM. The Fiero kept story. It Pontiac. It's the Fiero story. It's the Fiero story 20 years later. I you hate to say it, but it's, it's like... This is great. It's, it's like a soap opera happening here. So anyways, uh, Solstice Coupe. So there's there's our craziness, JJ. And, and uh, Paul is going to stay seated and keep drinking whiskey because I think this one's warning out. I have another sip here. Hang on. <laughs> so Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve in Sacramento. New listener to the podcast. And he and his wife are actually both listening to the podcast, watching our videos. That's really cool. And I bring up his wife... Because that is a crux of this story. There's a through line here, you know? Steve's a car guy. He's got a 74 260Z in his garage. It's like his play with it car, turn it into a track car. He's all that kind of stuff. And his wife's never had a part of that. It's never been their thing. The two of them went to a recent high-performance driving track day to support a friend. And they left with his wife going, I want to try that. That seems like fun. Can we do that? And now he's going, oh, my gosh, my wife wants to autocross. So, Steve, first and foremost, congrats, man. I think that's fantastic. The problem comes in, she thinks his his project car is not the car for her in this scenario. And I, you know what, right, Steve? I right. agree. I think that's right. So I they've love been this. shopping you know for that? what would she like to drive an autocross. And that's where it gets oddball but fun. Here's what Steve's right. Writes, he says, unexpectedly, my wife walked away that day completely enamored with motorsports. <laughs> Who else has a wife that does that? That was that's fantastic. That's, that's fantastic. And he that's said, great. honestly, I didn't see it coming, so they're thinking of buying a car to take autocrossing. And as Todd uh-huh. said, there's this seventy four two sixty Z in the garage. She's not really interested in driving it. You know, Steve, if you find her. You know, you're hearing noise late one night and you go to the garage and she's rejetting your Weber carburetors. Now you've kind of got a problem because um, anyway. <laughs> but it's a superb problem. Anyway. It's a great problem to have. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see you guys really autocrossing that. And even though, you know, Steve mentions here that he's got uh, a lot of experience wrenching on Datsuns, I think mm-hmm. you, you're going to need something that the both of you will really love. Both of you are in mid-30s, no kids, so you've got some some leeway here to get something mm-hmm. that both of you can enjoy, maybe wrench on, and you've and, brought and what up I hear this from idea this story, What I hear from this story, though, is that I, I think your wife, Steve, maybe she said it this way, maybe she hadn't, but based on everything you told us here, and you've got a longer email, and thank you, but one of the things I get the impression is that one of the things that's a problem with the 260Z is it's not your car it's it, it, your your car is a group you don't you don't own it together it's just her husband's car mm-hmm. so you're looking for a car yeah. that can be the car that the two of you started history with it together and i see that i think that's cool you've got about five or six grand that you want to spend and you were looking at again you're a Datsun guy the Datsun roadster 
And if you're not familiar with what that is, it's, uh, you know, this was an older, they came in like four engine sizes. I'm going to get this wrong. It was like the 1400, the 1600, and the 2000. The 2000, of course, being a two liter. Yeah. So these you are know, little, I've, you know. Uh, go I've on. seen that um, up at uh, the Monterey Historic Races. Adam Carolla owns mm-hmm. one, and he campaigns that at the Historic Races. Man. Those things are actually fast, driven well. They're nimble and quick. And well, I mean, they're cool. that little, you know that they're that little. I mean, we just talked about TR sixes and Spitfires and that kind of stuff. I mean, we're talking about that scale and approximate shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting mm-hmm. it; it's not exact, but it's in that kind of world. Made by Datsun, these are cool little cars. You found one that is race prepped for five or six grand, and you were thinking, "This is our car." Until I don't know what happened. Something about our podcast. We mentioned an MX five Miata in passing at one point. And you went, "Wait a minute." Should the yeah. answer be Miata? So this is your question. Okay, guys, old Datsun Roadster or $6,000 worth of Miata, what's the better choice? And there's, a, there's, a, there's one sentence in your email, Steve, that I went, wait, that's interesting. Your wife can drive stick, but she's never had a rear-wheel drive vehicle, and she's looking for something to help her become a better driver. For me, this whole email turns on that sentence. Hmm. You know, Steve, I love the suggestion for the, the Miata, the MX-5, because – I thought about, all right, what are other cars to autocross? What are some other choices you get in could get mm-hmm, into? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think there's a better choice. And so I'm not even going to suggest anything other than chasing an MX-5 Miata because of the budget and mainly because so many people autocross and race these cars. There are gobs of parts and things that you can do to wrench on it and – tune it up together. You know, you want a little bit different mm-hmm. handling feel or suspension or a roll cage sure, sure. or things that you can do yourself and it's going to be easy to install, very widely available, and everybody has one of these cars. So I bet not only this, but you're going to find a community of other people, other mm-hmm. couples, other racers that you can get together. I mean, it's sort of like barbecuing outside on the deck together. Now you're racing Miatas and you all have got Miatas and you've got this mm-hmm. cool little point. community. I I honestly, I don't think there's a better suggestion for what you guys want to do than the MX-5. I think it's fantastic. Interesting. Well, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, actually, but I want to I want to go off into the weeds on a couple of things. I love the Datsun Roadster idea, Steve. I have to acknowledge it. It's a cool little car. It's a fun little car. My concern for you is this. If you were saying in this email, my wife wants a car that we can work on together and autocross together, I'd say get the Datsun Roadster because you know how to work on Datsuns and you guys can wrench together. But you're not saying that. You're saying she wants to drive it. Mm-hmm. And so my concern is I think the love for an autocross and that world is going to die quickly if the car's just not ready. It's not just going to run. It's going to run right. easily. It's going to be easy right. to fix. If it's a problem car, it now becomes a money pit hole in your garage and you stop autocrossing. That's my concern. So that's the reason I don't think the Datsun Roadster is a good idea. I would love it if you were going to be wrenching together. I think it's an even better way to just cool. work on it. That'd be fun. You could, you could be wrenching it together. You'd be driving it together. It breaks this weekend at autocross, and you don't care because it gets the two of you a project. But that's not how you've come at this. You've come at this for we want to go drive. So that says to me... MX-5 is better. Now, I'm also going to throw out a wild card, and that is the MR2 Spider. Hmm. You could get one of those for this kind of money. Now, your you wife is the deciding deciding factor on what she's attracted to. She wants a car that she kind of thinks is cute and she wants to drive, then drive hard. Bravo. So maybe the MR2 Spider is right out for that reason. 
But MR2 Spider is a possibility here if what you're using it for is autocrossing. It's not as it's not as neutral as the MX5, but it is also a very good car to drive. I like the MX5 most because of your sentence about wanting to be a better driver. That is the overwhelming sensation any MX-5 I've ever driven. I think about the fact that I would put a 16-year-old in it, and I'd put a race driver in it, and everyone in between. And mm -hmm. whoever gets in it will enjoy driving it and can learn more about driving dynamics from driving it. That is the genius. And I, and I, I'm not, I am not a guy that says Miata is the answer to everything. I'm really not. But when, you're, when this is the question of how do I become a better driver, it is one of two or three cars in existence that I would say, get yourself one of these. So for six grand, you can. Also, the $6,000 car question, we've talked about it before, it's going to require some stuff, so just be ready. But an MX-5 is going to require less than, I would say, a Datsun Roadster at six grand. Sure. So I think that's a sure. good reason as well. I like that suggestion. I like what you're saying a lot, and that's because... The Miata, the MX-5, we talk a lot about adding power. You know, we've had the endless discussion about the FRS or BRC yeah, sure. adding mm -hmm. power to cars sure. and wanting more. That's mm -hmm. because of where Todd and I are at as drivers. But the MX-5, having less power and having less frantic dynamic capabilities or, you know, things that might surprise uh, newer drivers, you know, drivers getting mm -hmm. into autocrossing – you can explore the limits of that car more adeptly and and ease into it better than other cars that would have more power that are a little bit on the sharper handling side. You can work your way into it. It's like um, best way I can relate to it is like you know when somebody recommends you're you're starting on buying a motorcycle and they say, well, you know, don't get the eleven hundred to start off with. Get the six hundred. You can still go on the freeway with the six hundred, but you know you sort of work your way up in power. Same kind of thinking here. You, it's at yeah. such a good well, place. The MX, the MX Five is, like is a car that's not going to suddenly surprise you. I mean, the MR2 right. Spider because it's mid-engine is actually more likely than the MX Five to do that. Correct. But I do like, yeah. I do like the MR2 Spider. I like the dynamics of it a lot. I, I would actually say this to you: try to get an NA Miata, a first gen. Go for the first gen with the pop-up headlights. That was the smallest Miata so far. Now the new one, the ND, is actually close to that size again. But they're very light. They're going to be cheaper. They're, they are the most analog. I think that's one. You, I mean, and people are still driving like crazy. You can get parts. It's going to run, I yeah. think, in a Miata specifically and uh, enjoy. And Steve, tell us about your adventures in autocross. I think it's awesome you and your wife are going to do that together. This is great. Awesome. Fantastic. I, I love this. This is just, I love the story. I was talking to Todd before we started the podcast here. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I said, I almost love reading the story and relating that to our audience more than actually trying to suggest a car because it's just fascinating. It's cool what people yeah, are doing. So. It's, it's fun. It's fun to hear. Well, I just like hearing about car passion, car obsession anyway. And I love it when something happens and a person just turns all of a sudden and is like, that's awesome. I want to do that. I, that's really cool. Well, I finished my glass of whiskey. It must mean it's time for the podcast to end. Well, you're not normally a whiskey during the podcast, guy. This this series is kind of relaxing. You to drink. I find that very interesting. Okay, good. <laughs> anyway, it, thank you guys for joining us yet again on the podcast. Uh, we are doing this every Tuesday, so you can find the car debate here. If you find another podcast on iTunes, that is occasional repostings of our video reviews. We would prefer if you would leave a review right here on the Car Debate podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher. Your reviews do help us. Other people find us that way. It gets us back in the top ten of iTunes automotive podcasts, so please do that. Of course, Stitcher is great for Android. And if you sit at your office 
at your desktop and you listen to podcasts, you can stream this podcast from Shout Engine. So keep that in mind as well. Guys, we are starting Fast Blast content uh, dropping May 14th. That will be weekly content. If you've got suggestions yep. for cars that you'd like us to drive, and these are cars that we do not have a place for in our regular comparisons for press cars. These are cars that might be yeah, really yeah, yeah. tuned up or fairly modified or vintage or whatever that is, and you mm -hmm. think you've got mm -hmm. great suggestions, please send that in to us. Write to us on our Facebook page. And you know what? Help us out on Patreon. It's Everyday Driver, or excuse me, patreon.com slash Everyday Driver. Help us well, out. wherever because you go. All, Wherever yeah, you go, exactly. it's Everyday Driver. Exactly. Slash Everyday Driver. The only exception to that rule, the only exception, is our email. The Gmail address is EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. That's where to find us on Gmail if you want to send in your own car debate. But you can find the, the movies on Amazon. You can find the movies on Vimeo. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook. It's always slash EverydayDriver when you're looking for us. Please be watching and rating. And wow, we have a lot of content coming. Man, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And if you guys suggest a Porsche from Singer Vehicle Design, you're going to make me cry. <laughs>